Well, good morning and welcome to the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode is proudly supported and sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration, the modern alternative for fitness business professionals. Today, I'm speaking to Katrina Pilkington. Katrina is a NASM certified personal trainer, weight loss specialist, youth exercise specialist, women's fitness specialist, nutrition coach, AFAA group fitness instructor, and wellness workshop presenter, also studying to complete her Master of Science degree in exercise science and health promotion, nutrition and wellness. Katrina was inspired to change careers after her own humbling experience battling poor health and weight issues. Her background in corporate management led her to shift careers and better service her community with diverse leadership in the wellness space. Her goal is to pay forward the knowledge she's gained to be a catalyst for others to change the trajectory of their own health. She and her family live on nutrition that is plant-based and incorporate most of their intake around whole foods, derivatives, internal change and better health are a form of revolution. Katrina has decided to take for herself and her family along with those she supports. She's also passionate about inclusion and equality for all in the work that she does. Not all opportunities for physical health and wellness are offered to all, which is a shift that needs to happen. Katrina has worked as a group fitness coordinator in multiple studios, has mentored and trained over 300 group fitness instructors and personal trainers all over the country. Katrina teaches classes, trains clients and assists in leading workshops delivering nutritional knowledge. Today's podcast is about educating us all on diversity and inclusion, two words that at the moment are very much on trend. Today's podcast is about exhilarating change globally, accelerating change globally, talking about marketing and what brands could be doing to engage in diversity. Good morning, Katrina. Hi, thanks, Mel, for having me. You're very, very welcome. You've got an absolutely fantastic CV. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. You're very welcome. Now, let's get stuck into our podcast. Um, Katrina and I met actually on Facebook, uh, I think it was about three weeks ago. I posted yeah. on um, on our event that we were holding for women and um, a couple of Katrina and her friends got in there and commented on some of the stuff that I'd put up and I'd been using the word inclusion and diversity and it was really great to make contact with her because she's taught me a lot over the last couple of weeks and she's absolutely correct in saying that those two words are very on trend at the moment and reality is not a lot of us really understand what those two words mean, inclusion and diversity. So I thought I'd kick off the podcast today in asking Katrina exactly what does diversity and inclusion mean? Sure, and I can definitely, I love to give definitions in ways that are easy to understand for somebody even like myself. So to me, when I think about the word diversity, I think about the opposite, right? Like looking at a homogenous fitness or wellness environment where it's one type of human versus there being this beautiful variety of different abilities, different identities, different races and ethnicities to bring everybody of different backgrounds together. That's how I would define diversity for myself in this space. 
And then inclusion, I just use the one word called belonging. Everybody belonging and feeling included and feeling welcome and comfortable, um, even despite those differences. So that's how the two terms meld together for myself. Do you think that those two words are being thrown around a lot at the moment, Katrina? I do think they've been thrown around a lot. I know for myself here in the States that there's a lot of racial injustices and racial tension going on. So, you know, a lot of people have two different schools of thought, whether or not diversity and inclusion is a, a step in the right direction to help heal that injustice or whether diversity and inclusion is just a way for some brands and some companies to say they're supporting the injustices, but just doing quote unquote diversity and inclusion training, which is just a tiny piece of the puzzle towards that big goal. It certainly is. Now, one of the things that I learned of Katrina over the last couple of weeks was, um, and this is going to sound quite bizarre to some people for me to say that I learned this was um, terminology that she was speaking to me and she, she said to me, um, black people and brown people. And I said to Katrina, I personally never looked at people differently. I look at everybody the same. But it was really interesting how she said, you know, black people and brown people. So just for those people who are listening to the podcast, Katrina, can you just explain the difference to me, please? Sure. And, you know, the, the reason why this all comes up, and I'll keep it a concise, as far as a concise definition, the racism exists in America, in the country that I'm in, because of um, slavery being a trade back in the 15 and 1600s. So it created this caste system of individuals being ranked based on the color and the melanin in their skin. So now here we are four to 500 years later where there's still systemic issues based around injustices and people not being treated equally or fairly solely based on the shade of their skin. So we talk about the most marginalized human that exists in our, in our country right now that would be black and brown folks or what I say is those that are non-white, white being what we call the race right now that seems to be what is looked at as supreme when that's not even a thing that should even exist. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I totally um, agree with you there. And as I said, I never even, I, I just didn't look at people, you know, black, yeah. brown, I, and, you know, I just look at everyone the same. So I still struggle to hear about these indifferences going on. What I wanted to do, yeah. because we're obviously both in the, the fitness industry, I really want to touch based on, you know, fitness industry marketing and ha perhaps how we can educate and open the eyes to some people so that they can learn a little bit more about what goes on in the background that they obviously aren't right. seeing. So let, let's talk about marketing. Um, now, I said to you offline, I was watching a, a video yesterday and they were talking yeah. about what goes on with, with marketing. And, and this is one of the things that I was exposed to. Um, a white a white person does, and I'm just using these companies as examples. A white person right. does an ad for company A and gets paid ten thousand dollars, and then mm -hmm. a black or a brown person does an ad for the same company, and instead of getting a a financial return, which they're entitled to, instead they mm -hmm. get paid in product. I don't understand right. that. So can you help me understand yeah. that a little bit more? So, like, for myself, too, growing up as a kid in the 80s, I know that I was raised to be colorblind, right? Like, race doesn't matter. Don't look at other people for their 
color, of course. You know, that we love everybody, the human, much like yourself. However, I'm multiracial, so I'm black and Chinese. And I started to notice that people were seeing me as different because I didn't necessarily fit in. I wasn't like everybody else. So racism can seep into all sorts of different worlds, including the fitness industry and different markets where you can look at pay and wage gaps solely because of that, again, way back when slave days were here, white supremacy still kind of remains strong in our country to this day where white is seen as a supreme race when again there shouldn't be and that's just not been something that people are looking at and dealing with unless they do equity training which is all about making the playing field fair and equitable for everybody who's paid to be paid the same for the same amount of work the same amount of gain no matter what function that they're doing so you just tapped into a pay structure Let's talk about mm -hmm. pay structure. Tell us what sure. goes on, and obviously we're discussing the USA, what goes on mm -hmm. there in respect to pay structure? Yeah, there's a lot of disparities that still exist. I mean, we're here in 2020. This shouldn't be the way that it is. But again, when you think about even people that did grow up to not see race, maybe they still had biases developed from marketing or different things they were told in their childhood that they don't remember. And it, it's creating this, in unequal, inequitable existence of jobs, whether it's the fitness industry or not, but let's just stick to that industry, right? So if you look at the fitness industry and you look at even the leadership roles, I mean, you're going to see mostly white male leaders um, in CEO positions and senior leader leadership positions. And when you don't have different varieties of people in positions of power or of marketing abilities, nothing's going to change. You're always going to market or or coach to who you're most like. So if there's not a diverse workforce, there's not a diverse marketing team, there's not a diverse hiring team, that's where inequities happen. That's why diversity and inclusion and equity kind of always have to go together and they can't be separate and divisive. So we have to agree that um, there are a lot of white people sitting on boards who are making decision makers mm -hmm. decision making mm -hmm. now you and i you and i both know that and in order for this to turn mm -hmm. around we need to be introducing other cultures to the boardroom is that yes. not correct absolutely i call it making space for those that are most marginalized i mean if you think about it even on the opposite end of the spectrum somebody like myself i always say i'm a mom of a three-year-old you know so the people that i'm going to gravitate towards the most are going to be moms with young children but if i have a friend who's not married who maybe isn't a mom who's from a completely different race or culture they're still going to meld well with my life and teach me to appreciate differences so if you don't have marginalized individuals in these boardrooms, in these roles within companies, which is changing currently for some companies, then things aren't ever going to change. You know, so we can't initiate diversity, equity, and inclusion training or create a committee without the intent of actually making change from the perspective of these individuals and humans. So what are some of the companies that you think right now are doing a great job? Well, I just, well, not necessarily in the fitness industry. I did just see that um, Hoka is a shoe company here in the States. They did an amazing amount of marketing and some videos with all different sorts of diverse gender identities, um, race identities, ethnicity identities, doing like a campaign around inclusivity. And I just saw that Peloton just brought on um, a black woman as part of their marketing, head of their marketing team. So again, marketing for me is huge because 
if you're trying to attract a diverse group of individuals, you have to have a diverse person in there making those decisions with you. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. And this leads me to a very interesting question. Do you think, do you think that innovators, when they're sitting down and they're creating product, that they think about creating product more so for white people as opposed to black and brown people? It could be, you know, again, it's, it's when I talk about diversity and inclusion and I teach these types of sessions, I discuss biases first. I have people look at their own circle of influence, like who are your friends, who are your children's playmates, who are your neighbors. And if you are only attracting those most similar to you, that could literally impact everything in your life from your decisions to those you talk to, to those you hire, to those you have on your team at your corporation. So if you have a diverse circle of influence and you shift that narrative a little bit, then you're more open to then being accessible to those different groups. So for me, when I think about the marginalization of black people in America, and I look at how I grew up, I didn't grow up in a very high income area at all. I come from pretty much nothing. And when I started to lose, you know, the unhealthy habits I had, I saw fitness as a luxury. I was like, I can't afford to go to a gym and pay $100, which is what we would pay back in, this is the early 2000s. I can't afford to go to a gym, so I was working out at home. I did what I had to do to get healthy, but not many people have that that ability or that accessibility, even from that standpoint. And there you go, back in 2000, you were working out from home, and now it's like mm-hmm. supposed to be a new trend. Isn't that, mm-hmm. that's just, um, that's incredible. Now, let's, 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 let's talk about, Let's talk about the fitness industry. What can the fitness industry do and play a major role to make major change right now? Um, Obviously, we need to to bring um, more culture into our our boardrooms, but what else can Mm -hmm. we be doing? I mean, you look at the marketing. How can we change our marketing so it's a fairer playing field for everybody? Mm -hmm. I think... There are an amazing, uh, there's an amazing array of diversity, equity, and inclusion, even um, in the state's anti-racist educators. There's kind of different specializations for every consulting company. I think every company that really wants to put either a pledge or a statement out there or has the goal of being more diverse, equitable, and inclusive needs to hire the right people to get and integrate their systems, to evaluate their processes, look at their hiring practices, look at their marketing practices, and then again, like I said, hire those individuals who they're looking to include in order to make the changes trickle down because nothing can happen if let me just be frank if there's a completely white leadership committee a completely white management level and none of that ever gets shifted nobody ever makes space nothing's ever going to change so one of the one how uh katrina and i touch base obviously was over some social media stuff that i put up so now i'm actually going to um ask katrina you saw the, the social media posts that I put up um, and mm-hmm. the majority of it was uh, white women. That's the reality of it. I think there was a couple of ladies um, that were Asian and that. Let's let's talk about me. I, I As I said to you earlier on, I look at everybody yeah. the same, okay? so And so obviously, right. you know, I'm happy to have black, colored people, Latino people, Asian people, you know, presenting. I don't have any issues with that. But how do I put a piece of marketing out there to encourage those people to apply to present but without using the word you know diversity and inclusion and opportunity because that's how that's how we connected right yeah 
one of the, my favorite quotes I like to use is a, a writer here um, in the States named Maya Angelou that says, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, you have to do better. So like I said, the number one thing is starting off with your own biases, right? So if I was coaching you, I'd say, okay, Mel, let's sit down and look at who is your circle? Who are you most around? What are some of the biases or thoughts and opinions you have? And again, you were kind of taught to not look at color, but maybe those that are in your close circle of influence are those most like you. So that in and of itself has to change kind of who, who is your team, like for your events, like who are those speakers? And if you're looking for a diverse group of speakers, having somebody in your team to reach out to people, learn about people that through networking and through association that could come in and speak about different topics. Because I know for myself, much of the reason why I kind of put my foot and like wedge it into the door in different roles that I'm currently in is because I didn't see anybody like me. Yeah. But I wanted to make that change. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be the girl to <laughs> come in that and <laughs> integrate myself so that you are forced to be diverse. That's uh, just me. I love it. I love it. And that's why we're, we're here chatting today. I just want you to go back and if you can just explain, because obviously not all our audience understands the committee that you're talking about that needs to be in the in the boardroom, which is the DEIT committee. I think I've got that right. Um, yeah. Can you just explain what is it? What do they do? What's their role? So uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion experts, I call them. They are just a very special um, breed of consultants that that goes to school to learn about these principles to learn to work with organizations and look and dissect their hiring practices even you know hiring practices in america sometimes people are discriminated against based on their name because people have associated names with certain ethnicities or or races based on their own personal biases so these people that work with diversity equity and inclusion come into the world of a ceo or a you know an owner of a corporation and are kind of like, let me sit shoulder to shoulder with you and work through some of your personal beliefs and opinions. And if this is a goal of yours to be more diverse and equitable and inclusive, let's look at your current hiring practices and how can we measurably change the game so there's not one black person or not one person who's of a different gender identity on your team and you're trying to serve that community, then you need to hire somebody who is of that identity. There's no other way to do it. And I think that's where in America people are struggling because they're like, well, I don't want to, you know, how do I make space? We, we have to make space. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, I, I think that exactly what you said there at the end, we have to make space. How do we do it? Do you think that this is a role that can be taught to somebody? So if I said to you, I know somebody who would be really great at this role, Katrina, um, is this something that you could say, right, Mel, I'm going to take, you know, Joe aside for six months and I'm going to teach Joe everything that they need to know so that they can go into your company and they can be that person that creates, you know, uh, this type of culture. Is that something that can be taught? I believe it's something that can be taught. Like I said, like once you know better, you do better. I think it has to be an individual's willingness to be open to, you know, and what we what we speak about here in the States is something called fragility when it comes to white and non-black people. When, when, when I speak to people, I, I remind them, don't be defensive, just be open to listening and learning. And then once you know better, you don't have to say something a certain way, or you know that this is not the right way to do things in order to be more inclusive and equitable and diverse, then you just don't do it going forward. But the consulting role, I always believe, um, you know, I have a huge list that I refer out to different companies of individuals who work in DEI. Um, but that's their specialization. That's all that they do. So that's why I always recommend 
that those educated people are hired and utilized in this way if corporations want to make a change. Is there any books that you recommend for listeners to you know, jump on and perhaps download? Sure. I, I love um, Dr. Tiffany Jana. Um, they are one of the top reads that I've read. I've read their books on institutional bias, overcoming bias, and subtle acts of exclusion. So it's like a three book series. And then there's another book, and I can't think of the exact author right now, but I know it's called Blind Spots, Hidden Biases of Good People. Um, so any books about biases are great right now. Um, white Fragility is another good one that I've heard has been great for white people to listen to and read. Again, put the defensiveness aside, put all these things aside that you've been taught to not say and just be open to learning about how to be a better human alongside of those that are marginalized. We can actually drop the books that um, Katrina has recommended. Sure. We can drop yep, the links into the bottom of the podcast. So um, don't worry, guys, if you're scrambling for a pen right now, we'll definitely drop that information in there. Let's go back and talk about you know brands and consumers. Do you think that consumers are smarter than brands? Do you think that somebody... Um, can look at something and go, I'm a consumer, that brand is definitely just marketing towards white people. Do you think that they see this type of vilification when they're looking at product out there in the marketplace? It depends on their lens. So to that point, if somebody takes the time to dissect their biases, and, you know, and I can even just bring out my husband as he's been reading some information with me, of course, he knows I dig into this material all the time. Now when he's going out into the world, he'll tell me, I can see this from your perspective. Now I think having your biases, what I call healed, and kind of shifting the narrative in your brain and being a more diverse human helps you look at the world in a new lens. Whereas somebody who maybe doesn't even know they have biases is, is not there yet with learning them might be, I guess, for lack of a better term, duped by marketing. Yeah. Um, and I think about myself growing up having all white Barbie dolls, all white mentors and figures in my life. I didn't have any strong black figures in my life that I can even think of besides like Maya Angelou or Oprah. Um, you know, so even as a mother now, I'm big about making sure that she has representation to see that that is who she can aspire to be now you would have heard katrina just say that um her husband's going out into the world and he's seeing things through her lens can you just tell our listeners why that is sure yeah we are um, a multiracial couple i guess you can call us like i said i'm i'm chinese and black and my husband is white and we've been together for a decade over a decade now and that was something that brought us together was we both didn't have biases so we didn't see each other for what we were. We saw each other for who we were and we've learned, I've learned so much about his perspective in life and he's learned so much about mine. But now, especially with everything going on and I am a lot more vocal about my experiences that I've probably hidden and been quiet about because they are hurtful. Um, we do it solely so that my daughter can go out into the world and have just this bright light that doesn't get dimmed because she knows she belongs and she's loved despite whatever she is like skin color wise. Yeah. I, I love that. They're beautiful words. I have to say that. Um, Katrina, let's take a step back about what are you actually doing in the fitness industry today? What, mm -hmm. what is your sole purpose? I know we did that in your bio at the start, but just tell our listeners exactly what you're doing right now today. So I'm currently a graduate student, so that's taking up a chunk of my time writing papers and all that fun stuff, but I do freelance writing, um, and then I also have a huge passion for nutrition, which is what I'm going to school for. 
And when I look at nutrition, even for myself and how healthy I am now, being almost 40 compared to when I was in my 20s trying to get healthy, I had to take a step back and look at the way I was eating as a form of repression myself. Like I was treating my body like it wasn't the temple that it is. And I was falling for, to your point, marketing and gimmicks versus learning about nutrition, learning how to feel my body in a way that was conducive for me to live a better lifestyle. So that's what I try to help clients do. And then I'm also speaking more about diversity, equity, and inclusion because I had experience with that in my corporate life that I was in before being in wellness. So it's kind of like all my worlds are colliding at one time, which is great. Um, so Katrina would be so Katrina would be a great speaker for many of you who are listening today. So you know whether it's and I know that you're speaking at Idea, aren't you? Yes, yes. I'm at, speaking about um, growing your business with inclusive marketing strategies. So there's a definite reason to jump onto idea and to register for that. But besides idea, I can definitely see, you know, guys, if you're listening from Ursa or from FIBO or even from Filex here in Australia, uh, the Fit Summit in Singapore and Expo, um, please jump on and make contact with Katrina because she would be an absolutely fantastic keynote speaker for you. And we definitely need more Katrinas in the marketplace at the moment. What else are you doing, Katrina? Um, what was your life before fitness? I'm always intrigued by that. <laughs> I I call my, I call myself a hamster in the hamster wheel. I know that's probably bad because I'm not ungrateful for my experience in the corporate world. Like I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for that experience. But I just was going to work just to go to work until I realized how unhealthy I was inside and out and had to make that change. And making that change made me very passionate about, wow, I can simplify this just like I simplified it for myself and continue to help other people take back their life. So that's like my mission has transitioned, but it doesn't mean that I don't still train people. I don't still work in speaking, which is where I got my experience from is the corporate life. Love it, love it. Um, we've all. We've, it's really funny as I speak to more women, you know, throughout the year. Everybody's had a life prior to the fitness industry, but there was always that yeah. similar fact in it that it was always about making, um, you know, helping people change their lives or helping them make major decisions. And obviously, you know, you're very passionate about the fitness industry, and I love the fact that with your nutrition. You know, you've been that person on the other side of the fence that's that's had bad nutrition and, and, and you know, hasn't looked after themselves and then you've flipped over and here you are now doing what we all should be doing. But at the same time, you're, you're able to show people empathy because, it, as you know, yeah. there's, there's so many people out there that have never been on that negative side of eating and exercising. Yeah. And though they say they get it, they don't get it. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. Unless you unless yeah. you've been down that bad path, you do not get it. No, that's that's why I think the two worlds do collide, right? When I, you know, present about inclusivity, I use a bunch of examples of my past clients and students and how different they were from me, but me finding some common thread that everybody's got something in common. You know, like even with you and I not knowing each other, me knowing that you had good intent. I'm willing to start there and you build connections from that point, whether it's diversity or health and wellness, you know, finding a common thread and relating to people. So I've always shared my story very openly when I teach and when I train and when I speak. And then to your point, it sets people in a comfortable place to say, oh, she gets it. You know, yeah. she's, she's not just yeah. been quote unquote fit her whole life because that's not the truth. Like never played sport, never had a jersey with my name on it. So this is purely from a place of wanting to live well 
mind, body, and spirit as a human. Yeah, and, and I, I, tried, I really do get that, Katrina, because I never got into the fitness industry until I was like 35 or 36. So mm -hmm. um, I totally understand where you're coming coming from and done the same as you, you know, been on the bad side of the fence and now on the good side of the fence. I have to say to the listeners, I've learned a lot from Katrina over the last couple of weeks and it's really made me seek out more information on on the internet so I can understand, you know, um, the black and brown. And I still, I still struggle with the fact that people go black people and brown people and that's going to take me a while yeah. to understand that. And I still have so much to learn and I'm really willing to put time aside and learn more about that because I totally believe that everybody should be equal irrespective of, you know, religion, um, the, the colour of their skin, who they marry, right. their sexual orientation, that right. um, we shouldn't be excluded based on opinion. And I still struggle that those things still go on in the world. I've had a great time talking with you today and our goal objective was just to go out there and have just a real natural conversation about what's happening at the moment and not go too deep in it and just so that people can get some basic understanding with it. And I said to Katrina before we came online, you know, I really want to catch up, you know, whether it's in a couple of weeks or in a month's time and yeah. perhaps have a panel and go a little bit deeper on this and to see what's happening and what's changing and maybe get some other people on board too that perhaps listen to yeah. the podcast. Katrina, if you had Absolutely. one chance right now, just what, what message do you want to send out to everybody, not just the fitness industry, but everybody that's listening to the, our podcast today, what, what message do you want to send to them? Sure. I just want, of course, I want everybody to understand the goal is just to be a good human, but with that comes uncomfortable conversations. So being open to putting down the defensiveness, opening up your heart, learning from those most different from you, and being okay through the uncomfortableness. Uncomfortable doesn't have to mean argumentative or violence. It, it just means uncomfortable. It might not be something you want to do, but in order for us to progress and be better, we have to do it. So let's do it together. Absolutely love it. And Katrina's right. We do have to do it together because if, you know, choices change and change is choice. And if we don't do it, then it's never going to, it's never going to happen. Katrina, where right. is the best place for people to get a hold of you if they'd like to catch up with you offline? Sure. Yeah. So my website is finnycat.com, um, www, of course, but it's F-I-T-T-Y and then K-A-T. I go by cat. Um, and then on Instagram, I go by the same handle, finnycat. Same thing on Facebook. Um, and then sometimes I check LinkedIn and such. So Instagram and Facebook are the two main ones along with my website where you can find resources about nutrition and what I speak about in regards to inclusion, equity, and diversity. So today I have spoken to Katrina Pilkington. It's been an absolutely fantastic chat. And as I said, we'll be, I'll be catching up with Katrina in a few weeks' time and we'll put something else together for everybody. I will be dropping the links to the books that she has recommended and also I'll drop the link to her website. She's got a fantastic blog on there that I have read. And Katrina, again, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Um, I know that you're very busy at the moment and you were you're getting stuck into a paper last night when I was throwing messages across at you. So I hope that you <laughs> finished that. I got it done. <laughs> you got the first draft is done. That's all that matters because you can only write a paper for so long. So I appreciate it. And I love having these conversations that are, you know, uncomfortable, but they're progressive. And that's all that matters.
And, and that's absolutely right. They are uncomfortable. And as I said, I'm still learning, but they are all about progression. And that's the only way that we're going to move forward. Thank you for your time this afternoon. And right. I'll catch up with you later on. Sounds good. No, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And just a reminder, everybody, that today's episode was proudly sponsored and supported by FitRec Fitness Registration, the modern alternative for fitness professionals.